Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. Hi, I'm Zach Thomas of the Miami Dolphins. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Mercury Morris. Tom Vigarito. This is Don Strauss. Don Nottingham. Hey, this is A.J. Dewey. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Dr. Zamp. 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. This is Mark Ingram. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. <laughs> Join us now as we talk Dolphins football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now, here's your host, Pat Catello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello, and I am joined alongside Rich Van Zant. As always, as the Miami Dolphins continue their winning ways and uh, go into uh, a game which uh, could have major ramifications as far as where they stand in the AFC East, and as uh, luck would have it, they are now the first place Miami Dolphins as they defeat the Cleveland Browns 39-17. to But that just begins to tell uh, a quarter of the story of what went on. So uh, obviously there's a lot of excitement today uh, coming out of Dolphin land as the Dolphins go uh, to 7-3 and now. And with the Buffalo loss, um, they uh, take first place. And it's obviously a lot more football to be played, but... Uh, I don't think there's anybody who's not extremely uh, excited right now at uh, the way the Dolphins are playing and um, and what's going on in the in the National Football League right now. Um, it's been a long time since the Dolphins have had uh, any kind of excitement uh, such as this. Uh, so let me give you the stat line. Uh, Tua with another uh, real sharp game. He goes 25 for 32, throws three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, and 285 yards, and that's also a big uh, mark there because he sets a, a Miami Dolphin record. He's actually the first quarterback now. Um, he, he tied Dan Marino for the only quarterback th- to throw three touchdowns in three straight games, but he becomes the only Dolphin quarterback in history to throw three straight games with at least three touchdowns and no interceptions. So. He's playing at a very high level right now, and this offense is certainly clicking, so um, that's exciting. Uh, Rushing-wise, Jeff Wilson Jr., the new acquisition, leading rusher, 17 for 119 yards and one touchdown. Raheem Mostert also played very well, 8 for 65 with a touchdown. So the running game was very good uh, on Sunday, and um, that's a very positive sign as well. Because um, you know the Clyde, uh, it, it just it, the Chase Edmonds uh, experiment, you know, was not working, and it seems like they were able to really make that pay off in a big way in the in the trade for Chubb, and then um, to have uh, Wilson added seems like um, the pieces have really fell into place nicely there. Now, receiving wise. Um, a little under what we normally uh, are used to seeing in the stat line, but if you've seen, you know, you watch the game, you know why. It was very balanced and very dominant. So Waddle, 4 for 66. Trent Sherfield, um, continuing to make his impact, has a great game, 4 for 63, and he has the touchdown. And uh, Alex Ingold, 4 for 45 with one touchdown. And Tyree Kill, 5 for 44 with one touchdown. And uh, on the other side uh, of the ball, Cleveland, uh, Jacoby Brissett, 22 for 35, 212 yards. He had the one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, Rushing-wise, Nick Chubb was 11 for 63 with a touchdown. Brissett was actually their second-leading rusher, 7 for 40. And Kareem Hunt, only 6 for 9. So um, very, uh, very un- 
uh, emblematic of that rushing game, which was kind of feared by some people coming in. Dolphin defense did its job, certainly, on that area. Um, and uh, receiving-wise, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 5 for 99, was your leading receiver. And Amari Cooper, only 3 for 39. And uh, Xavier Howard was on him all day, so um, only three attempts there. Uh, you know, three, three completions there, so um, you, you got to be happy with that. And basically, uh, the only bad thing to come out of this uh, is that uh, we found out that Agba looks like is going to be out for the year um, with uh, torn uh, bicep, I believe. So um, that's the only bad thing that came out of there. And uh, like I said, you know, uh, I'll pass the ball over to. Mr. Downer, but uh, Rich, you got to be kind of, you know, pretty excited with the way things are going right now. Um, is it perfect? No, but uh, there's a lot of things to, you know, certainly be uh, on the on the on the upside with, right? Well, you know, the first drive looked terrible again. Like the defense didn't show up <laughs> the first drive. <laughs> you want to get, you know, you want to you want to hear something down there, oh, uh, you know. Uh, look, they, that's true, though. You know, they went right down the field like Swiss cheese again. But then, you know, they rebounded, and they played very well after that. And, you know, our dopey kicker missed an extra point again. I mean, it didn't hurt yesterday, but, you know, that that could be horrible in a, in a big game. Yeah, dopey's a little strong word, though. They don't need to say dopey. But, yeah, he did miss an extra point. He did hit – he was two for two, though, as far as field goals go. Um, so – yeah, I think it is what it is at dopey? this point. What's wrong, that? What's wrong with the word dopey? He's missing a lot of field goals lately. It's dopey. You know, you missed an extra point. It's dopey. That's not, you know. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm stupid, but that's a dopey move. You know, you, you know, you know, you can't keep missing extra points. You know, it's going to come back and haunt you. But yes, I, I, I agree. I I'm not I'm not content with the the way he's been kicking all year. I I agree with you. I I yeah. I think that it's better than it's been. And I don't think, you know, I, I just well, think, I think it is avoid, what it is. Don't you think they avoid, they go for it on fourth down all the time. They avoid him kicking long field goals. Wasn't I did not. I see the line up for a 50. You know, it doesn't happen. Yeah, maybe so. I did not see, I did not see an instance in this particular game where they went for a fourth down because they were afraid of him coming on the field in this this particular game. I certainly have in other games, but in this particular game, I felt that any fourth down was because their offense was just so potent and explosive, and that was the the move to make, irregardless. Um, so you know, we'll see how this continues. Yeah, I, thought the, I thought there was one. Yeah, I thought there was one yesterday. But was, they went for like fourth and six and didn't get it. Remember, and they were like it would have been like a fifty-two or something like that, and they went for that. Um, yeah, what was the what was the call that they did? You remember the play on the fourth and six? Was it a? Bad... I thought it was like a running back pass that it was just didn't happen. You know what I mean? It was just it was horrible. Okay. You know? Yeah, I, I I vaguely remember them going for it. I don't remember the field position or anything like that. Um, yeah. And I don't. Re- I, yeah, I mean, I don't remember, you know, if it would have been a 52 or whatever. Like I said, I just I just remembered at the time that that's kind of what I would have done, too, um, and without thinking of the Sanders, uh, you know, um, puzzle piece coming into play there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you certainly could be right. Maybe that is why they avoided it. You know, him, but... I just said his kickoff to start the game was horrible, too. You know, like he couldn't bury it, you know, and they, they ended up getting almost midfield field position. Yeah, he has not really performed at the level that, you know, we would like him to perform at. I mean, I mean two years ago, he was like, he was in the like, an argument for the best kicker in the AFC, you know, and he's really regressed. Two things that I'll say on that is that um, it seems like a lot of our kickers tend to head in that direction for whatever reason. I don't know why, but it certainly seems to be the case. And as far as, you know, the AFC is concerned. There's some really good kickers in the AFC now. Um, so, you know, a lot of that we see. Um, we don't have – I mean, we, we, me and you watch a lot of football. So we see a lot of guys missing field goal, extra points and field goals too. So I, I think if we were, on, other, you know, following other teams as extremely as we do, 
this team, we would probably have a lot of complaints about a lot of other kickers as well. I'll just throw that in the mix. Um, but, you know, at this stage of the game, and I've said it, I, I don't know, you know, I don't think you can make any kind of move here. I just think you kind of hope that he gets back to the form that we know he's capable of. And to be honest with you, it seems like in the last few games he's, he's certainly headed in that direction. He hasn't regressed since, you know, the last few games. Uh, you know, he's going in the right direction, but it's still certainly not where you'd want him to be yet. But it, it, it's, it's, it's heading in a, in a better direction. All right, you have confidence in a big spot? He's going to hit it. No, I, I don't have confidence. I don't have confidence in a big spot. But as silly as this sounds, I have more confidence in him coming out in a big spot to to hit a game-winning field goal or something than I do for him to hit a field goal, say fifty plus yards in a situation that could maybe give you a cushion or ice a game. If that makes yeah. any sense to you. And you know, too, like, it seems like his misses, like, they may not be big at the time, but they end up being big. That if he misses one. For sure. For sure. Or There's been plenty of times. Like, yeah, right. There's been plenty of times where he's, could, you know, could have put a game away um, or, you know, changed the complexion of the game and missed that kick. So I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree. Without a doubt. So I'm not starting to say there's fans at time soon. Is that what you're no, saying? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and word just out of Miami, he's not starting the RVZ fan club anytime soon either. I bet so, I can get better letters. <laughs> I, get more, <laughs> I get more of a membership. <laughs> <sighs> I I don't know I I I think I think this might be a closer draw than you think, but we'll leave it alone. All right, so let's talk about some of the positive things because there's a lot of positive things that came out. Um, you know, the and people are probably like, wait a minute here. It's like that that story when yeah, but you know yeah, it's like it's like when uh, they beat the Patriots fifty-two nothing. Yeah, that's true. I hear you, but. So this seems like when the Dolphins, when, when Shula was in the meeting and, and, and bitching them all out, and uh, Zonka turned to kick and said, we won this game, didn't we? <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> now, as far as, uh, I guess we start, you know, we start offensively. Um, the running game it seems like it, it was really productive. Uh, and a lot of the new additions uh, and, a, and a healthier offensive line, uh, which is playing pretty well, by the way, uh, and that's without Austin Jackson. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty content there. And Jeff Wilson Jr. had a really good game, and I know you like him a lot. Yeah, I think that was a huge, huge move. You know, we really benefited from them getting uh, McCaffrey because we ended up with him, and you could see the difference. Right, right away, you know. He's just a more dynamic runner than we've had in a long time. Yeah, I mean the 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 Chase Evans, you know, just it, it, it was not oh, really working no. out. And oh, so whatever this, you know, yeah, yeah, this seems like uh, you know it, it kind of really clicked. Um, and we'll see. I mean, it's one game, and. Uh, it's, it's, oh, he played good the first week too, you know. Yeah. He had his moments. But, um, week, he, so I really like what I say. I do too. I think a running game is, you know, is very different when you need to have a running game. If that makes sense to you, so we'll see how that kind of plays itself out. Because um, when you need to run the ball, is always a different story, right? Um, there was a couple short yardage situations in the last two weeks where. We weren't able to get out of our own way. Um, so, you know, we'll see how this continues to, to go. And I think a lot of this has to do with the offensive line. And uh, I think both of us agree that the offensive line, you know, is is starting to step up. I mean, you could see it just in the pressure on Tua alone. But, um, you know, running the ball and, and, and now, you know, if we can get Austin Jackson back in here healthy, um, 
you know, we, we, we could be looking at a line that is starting to get more and more cohesive as it goes on. I think Connor Williams is, has filled in in that center position really nice now. I think he's starting to, you know, I know he had the one snap that was a little high, and, you know, that's going to happen. But for the most part, I'm more comfortable at center than I have been in, in a while. Well, have you noticed something the last, since two has been back, He's not really. He's, he, remember how many times he was getting hit after he threw the ball? He's really not taking those hits right now. And why do you Look think that it. is? I just think the Lions getting you know much better. Much better in the sense that they're not even getting close enough that they hit exactly. him after the I think he's getting rid of release. It a little bit quicker too. But like yeah, like he was getting hit almost. He was getting hit constantly. He was always yes. digging himself off the ground, and he's not doing Correct. that anymore. And I really think that he's getting more time. Do you think that um, he is getting smarter with killing the play when it's yeah, nothing there? I, I don't think. He, I, I don't think he. Yeah, I think he gets rid of the ball quicker, and he doesn't like you know. I, I think that's one of the things they stressed to him. But that's how he got hurt, you know, in Cincinnati. I mean, he, there was no reason to get sacked by that lineman. I mean, he could have outran him. He just wouldn't let the play die. And, I know, think you can make an hurt. argument that that's how he's been getting hurt his entire career. Yeah, very possible. I think you can make that argument, yeah. And and, and basically, um, you know, if, if he learns, you know, not to put himself in, in, in some injury-prone situations, uh, you know, then that, that would be, you know, a way that he can prevent being injury-prone, if that, you know. I mean, I know that yeah. people say you're injury-prone. It's a strange kind of thing, but, I you know. I don't know like injury-prone, but when it's like different injuries. It's like, you know, come on. Injury-prone well, that's what like I mean. the same thing happening over and over. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you really yeah. can't be injury-prone. Injuries are going to happen. But what you can yeah. do is you can maybe train yourself to not put yourself in those kind of situations where you're vulnerable to an injury. Yep. And I see that I see that happening a lot more, um, so I'm happy with that, you know. And I hope that that continues, uh, you know. And he he continues to progress as far as that goes. Because let's face it, I mean, any team could say this, but if Tua is not playing quarterback right now, this is a very different team. I mean, we've talked about this for the last few weeks. I mean, this team with Tua under center is night and day. It just is. It's not even close. It just is. You know, I mean, it's not a. It's nowhere near a first place team without him. It's not even close. No, and I guess you could you could say that about a lot of teams, right? Like if we take Allen out yeah, of Buffalo, they're not the same team. We know that, but you know, um, and but I guess you say we're one of those teams. You know, certain teams can. You know, New England, teams like that maybe, but we are not in that. You know, we have a much more explosive offense. We have receivers that are, you know, uh, at a much higher level than almost the entire league. And so, you know, him out of there um, changes everything immensely. 100%. Uh, so, but, but for right now, you're 7-3. You know, really it's like these commentators. I'm not just talking to guys doing the games, but the ESPN guys, the sports radio guys, they don't know what to say about Tua. <laughs> they, can't, they can't bash him anymore. And now they, and now that like Herbert's not playing good, and you know, and you know, even Burroughs is having in the season he had last year when he went to the Super Bowl. It's not even close, yeah. you know. And he's, you yeah. know, he's missing his number one receiver, but he's still not anywhere near what he was. And they don't know what to do. They really don't know what to say, you know. Like they, you know, like oh, I'd still take Herbert over him. Yeah, oh, really, you would. That's good. You could, could be in last they, place too. Yeah, because they would. <laughs> they can never admit that they're wrong. No. They just will not admit it. No matter what, yeah. they'll never see it. I mean, this this no. guy, no matter what, I mean, they'll they'll never admit it. And uh, you're right. And they it, can't it, give it, you it, a reason why they're taking Herbert over him. They can't come up with a reason. Like it's really pathetic. Yeah. Well, I think for a long time, and, and this is what what comes down to it with Herbert is the physical attributes of of, of Herbert. That's what it comes yeah. down to. I mean, I think that's what was the appeal to him, and and that's always going to be the appeal to him. And, you know, durability, in a sense, too. I know he's had some injuries, but, you know, he seems like 
he's you know adorable guy that, that you know that kind of you know plays through things and 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 you know they 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 love the upside potential of that size you know and that's what it I guess comes down to when you talk you about why you would take him. Yeah, I did. did you see any of that game? He was never the same after that I, hit. Okay. I watched the and entire like, game. That's not a concussion. I mean, well, he got snapped to the side. <laughs> so, so what the, kind of protocol did he go through? I mean, like he wobbled off the field. He he, he stayed out for the rest of the half. Then he came back, and you could see he he, was, he had no accuracy. He looked like he was out of it. I mean, where's the protocol there? Yeah. Well, this is That's a strange take from you. That's almost an opposite. Hold that thought. Let's talk about this after a break. Quick break. Yep. We'll come right back after this. When the autumn mist is drawing near and you hear the whistle sound and the crowd cheer, you'll know it's that special time once again for head-to-head combat and first and ten. So follow those that are in the know and listen to Pat and Rich and the Legends Show. All episodes of the Pat Catello Show available now on iTunes. Hi, this is Larry Zonka and you're listening to the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legends Show with Pat Catello. Sponsored by Don Nottingham Associates Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance in 1975 while playing for the Miami Dolphins. He recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit online at donnottinghamins.com. Now, back to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with your host, Pat Catello. Back to the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. We've got Pacatello, Rich Van Zandt coming at you, and we'll bring you up to the Monday night football game, which is uh, certainly of interest to the Miami Dolphins as the uh, as Washington uh, goes to Philadelphia, who's undefeated right now. So uh, I know Zonka was talking about it uh, a little bit, and um, you know, certainly uh, the last undefeated team in the NFL, and you want to get that done with. So uh, we'll be tuning in tonight and uh, see how that kind of plays itself out. Uh, And just a reminder, you can uh, catch all our shows right uh, on iTunes. Just go right to the iTunes store, 
and you can get our latest episodes uh, sent right to your phone automatically. Just subscribe to us, and uh, we will uh, continue to uh, monitor uh, everything that goes on uh, as as far as the uh, the Dolphins through the bye week. But Rich, you brought up an interesting point because it's almost opposite of where you've, your take has been on this concussion standpoint uh, with the the um, Justin Herbert, and I think that you're correct in that. Uh, you know, he listen. He took a, a major shot, and I don't think he was the same after that. Um, didn't necessarily see him wobble, um, but uh, yeah, he kind of got up and he was yelling. Uh, but they did pull him off the field immediately and did the check, and then went into halftime and he came back out. So um, I don't know. It's, it's strange, you know. Well, they, took, they took Bridgewater basically got a like a slap on the head compared to that, and they wouldn't let him come back into the game. You know, yeah, and you know, and this guy, I mean, his his head was sideways. Yeah, uh, yes. it was a shot and a half, and you could yes. see he wasn't playing the same after that. I mean, there's obviously there was something wrong. Well, I think I think that you know you have a case certainly, as I don't think Bridgewater got the same. Uh, I don't know if treatment is the right word, but you know he didn't get the yeah. same. Uh, you know, uh, kind of. Um, leeway in his no. you know concussion protocol, and and we well, know why that is. That's my point. Yeah, of course, because of what just happened to Tua. I understand that. Yeah. And uh, but, it, but now, does that know. lead does that lead to to Herbert having a concussion and continuing on? I think that there's somewhat of a gun shy uh, standpoint that comes into play. I mean, he was clocked. You're right. That was a hit that. Um, you know, certainly uh, left his bell rung. There's no doubt about and you it. You almost and have I'm to sure wonder because, like, the, the backup looks so incompetent that they just force him back in after that. You know, who's they? Who's they? The Chargers? I don't know. Yeah, the Chargers themselves. I mean, are they going to mask it? I, I don't know. I, I stand by what I, I stand by what I said all along in this whole thing. I really do. I don't think it's up to any coaches or anything to make that call. I think you have a medical staff and you you have an independent medical staff that makes that evaluation. And if they come yeah. back and they say he's good to go, I, as far as I'm concerned, that's all there is to it. That's all there is yeah. to it. Anybody saying that's that coaches is, should override that? Saying, if there was if there was a spotter yesterday. <laughs> Isn't that like something that I mean? Could it get any worse seeing that? You know, other than the guy no, being but, knocked out cold. But again, I think that I think that the spotter is back to what the spotter does, and the spotter right. sees something and calls yeah. down and says, "Pull him out and check him out." That's what a spotter's job should be, and I think that's what yeah. went on. So yeah, he apparently right. passed all the protocol. He didn't seem concussed to me. He didn't. He definitely seemed like he was a little, you know, like I said. When they showed him without his helmet on the sidelines, he looked out of it. Hmm. You know, I mean, I I don't know. Uh, He just just looked, you know, he just looked out of it. Yeah. I don't know. But But let me ask you a question. Uh, While we're on this, uh, very confused because I didn't know there was an ejection rule in the NFL. College, I know there is. I didn't know there was an ejection, ejection rule automatically yeah, like that without having, without having to have the like – yeah, but that wasn't that. That's what I'm trying to tell uh-huh. you. I didn't know that there wasn't oh, okay. a rule without having a one on you already. Oh, I, I thought you that. had to have one, uh, uh, you know, one personal foul of the ejection type on you, and if you got another one, you were ejected. Yeah, that's that's what I thought it was. Yeah. So uh, when yeah. he was ejected for this hit, it's baffling to me. Well, the, the I got ejected for the hit for, on Herbert? Uh, he I got ejected. Yeah, oh, the NFL, up the New York, looked at the hit and ejected him. Wow. So wow. I didn't know that this existed. I, 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 knew, I know so college has that. They were arguing on the call. Like the, the, what they were talking about on the call was that they brought in. If I don't remember what station, I guess it was Gene Serator, I think, and he was saying that 
it, it shouldn't be a penalty because, you know, he was running at the time. He's not like a quarterback being sacked in the pocket and the helmet, the helmet doesn't come into effect and that he lowered his head like split second before the head. You know what I mean? So they were they were arguing that it shouldn't have been the penalty before they. No, no, that, that's they not what they were fight. arguing. No, that's not. You, you know, it was it was it was Gene Serator, but what he was saying is that because he was running, the quarterback part of that completely out of right. the mix. You take that out of, this would have right, been this could have been yeah. right. Could have been a running back. Could have been anybody. But that he felt that he deliberately put his head down to use that in a spear-like motion, and that he yeah, should have been ejected for it. And, 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 and thus he was. And New York, that's what their ruling was. New York actually ejected them, him. They reviewed it in New York and called down and said he's ejected. So it wasn't even like the officials on the field ejected him. It was <laughs> I, from New York. Before, right? Have you ever heard that And again, before? no, and that's what I said. I, I never knew this existed. I know yeah, it I exists in college. I never knew they could make a call in New York then for that. I never knew that. I didn't, I didn't either. I, That's crazy. Yeah. And I didn't know that there was a rule on the books that you get ejected on a play without no, – I, I, I know that if you get in a fight and you throw a punch, I know that punch, that's yeah, an ejection. Right. Or, or you, make you, you, a, or you make contact with a referee. I understand that too, you know. But I didn't know that there was an actual football play of a personal foul nature that is ejectable no, no. instantly. And apparently that's what went down. So, crazy. yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it, it is what it is. But um, so that that's how that kind of panned out. And let me just say while we're on this as well, when's the last big game that you've seen Justin Herbert win? He never had. I'm not saying it was a big game, but you know, I mean, it's a national game, right? Or it's a later game. Yeah, it was a, little, a national game, and. Uh, you know, it just seems like he never comes out on the winning end of these games. No, he doesn't. He hasn't. He has not won a big game in his career. I think that's a big factor. I mean, we've talked about Tua all for two two plus years, right? The guy wins. Yep. The guy is the winningest quarterback there is, man. The guy wins, 100%. like him or not. Now he's playing top level football. Even when he wasn't playing top level football, the guy wins. And so, yep. with that in mind, I mean, you're looking at, you know, uh, if you're if you're looking at the two of them and comparing them, I mean, you've got to factor that in uh, uh, in a pretty big way, I would think, as far as Herbert versus Tua. Hey, you know what? I'm very happy who we have. They're, that's you know, uh, you know, you can let them talk all they want, but you know, we're in first place with Tua. He's playing better than anybody else in the league. So, you know, leave it alone. Who cares? You know, that's yeah. the way I look at it, you know. Keep talking to your nonsense, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you know, as far as this first place thing, you know, the the uh, game up in Buffalo, I mean, that that's one of the most bizarre games. You know, people are calling it an instant classic already, and it was. It was crazy. Um, but you know the way that they take first place here uh, is, is is bizarre, right? With the comeback of Minnesota, and then not getting in the end zone, and then to have the Josh Allen fumble, and then the <laughs> overtime, and then and the was, Buffalo the Bills. Not forget about the horrible the horrible call before overtime. They shouldn't have been overtime with the bounce ball that they didn't review, which which would you know if Buffalo ended up winning that game, we would have been going crazy tonight. You mean on the punt? No, no, the the, the catch on the sidelines that bounced. Remember yeah, yeah, it? I, yeah. It, I don't know why they didn't review that. Plenty of time to do that. I don't know yeah. why they didn't review that. Um, makes no sense to me. Like how that you know it, it has nothing to do with the sidelines or challenges. So why wasn't that reviewed automatically, yeah, I, instantly? I mean, why was that sometimes? But the nonsense that they look at, like, is so obvious half the time. And here's one that's pivotal, pivotal in the game. It, it's it a big play. be looked at and they ignore it. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll be honest with you. I think that Buffalo still 
ties that game and goes to overtime, even if that's an incomplete pass. Because Minnesota didn't look like they were stopping them at all on that drive. I mean, it just seemed like they were playing horrible prevent defense. But that was a, certainly a huge play and changed the complexion. And for them not to review what, what was, I thought from the jump, was you know, an incomplete pass or at the very least an out-of-bounds when he finally yeah. got control of it, um, it, it baffled me. I don't understand it. Well, it makes it no clearly sense. Bounced. When he was going to the ground, it came out of his hands and it hit the, the tip hit the ground and bounced back. Yeah, so and, it wasn't and not and not yeah. to review yeah. that. It's crazy, it's ridiculous. It it yep. is. And then to have you know to have that game back and forth uh, like it was, um, and you know, and then Buffalo and Josh Allen to throw that interception at the end there. Uh, well within field goal, chip shot, field goal range to tie the game. You know, it's becoming a thing with him lately. You know, he loves throwing those late-game picks, you know? Yeah, and I also think (laughs) – Yeah, and I've also seen – and I I said this at the beginning of the year. um, Buffalo's not a mentally tough team. They're not. They're not a mentally tough team. If you punch them in the jaw, they have a hard time. Yep. And uh, and it seems like it carries over. And that's why I said when we beat them the first time, they were not the same team coming out. And they had a couple of things go their way, and they came back in that Ravens game. And that was a pivotal right. game because they were well on their way to a, a two, three-game losing streak, I thought, and got back on track. We'll see how they are now. Uh, you know, with these uh, losses that they've, you know, back-to-back here. Um, Let's see how they bounce back. The Allen injury was a big injury. We were waiting to see how that transpired. I watched him throw. You know, when when, when, when you get so much hype and, you know, they start believing, you know, that they don't have to, like, show up every week, that they're just going to win the Super Bowl. You know, that could be some of it, too. You know, the hype is so high that they think they're invincible, you know, and I think it's come back to bite them a little bit. Well, when we beat them on the, the third game of the year, third yeah. game of the year, it seemed to me like a majority of that team thought they were going undefeated. Well, look at the way the coach acted. Yeah. So I think that that's yeah. a mentality that is up there, and we'll see how, how strong that is as things get, you know, as as they have to persevere through tougher times later in the year. We'll see. Um, yeah. Right now, you know, they're on uh, – I mean, I'm assuming they have a bye next week. Do you know? I don't know for sure. No, I really don't. I can look for you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, check check it out. You know, um, I think, you know, the other thing's really bugging me, too, about the Eagles, you know, they're not undefeated yet. They haven't lost a game. They're not undefeated until they go undefeated. So to say they're undefeated is a ridiculous statement. They, they haven't lost a game yet. That's a big difference. Well, I, I don't know what you mean. You're not undefeated you until mean. you go through the season perfect. That's that's uh, you know undefeated is a, is a is a they use it too early. It's it's not nobody's undefeated yet. They haven't lost a game yet, but they're not undefeated. Undefeated is when you go through the whole schedule undefeated. You know what I mean? It's it's not a proper terminology to use at this point. I guess that's. I mean, that's real semantics. I, I mean, I guess so. Well, I, I, you know, it bothers I, me. You know, that's. What I'm just telling you that bugs me because they're not undefeated. I mean, you've been hearing that though forever. I mean, even when the Bears came to Miami, they were the undefeated Bears. And that, that bugged me too. Yeah, I don't know if that's correct though. You're still undefeated at that well, certain, at that standpoint. You're not undefeated playing? until you go through the season undefeated. They're, they just haven't well, lost the game yet. It's different. Why, though? I mean, you're still technically undefeated, right? Jacksonville, Miami, Seattle, Tampa are off. And Buffalo is playing the Browns at home. Okay. In Buffalo? In Buffalo, yeah. Okay, well, they may actually have uh, another. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I hate that. They could both lose that, but all right, quick break, right back. This is Don Nottingham, former Miami Dolphin. You're listening to Pat Capello's Miami Dolphin Legend Show. 
You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Sponsored by Don Nottingham Associates Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance in 1975 while playing for the Miami Dolphins. He recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit online at donnottinghamins.com. Now, back to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with your host, Pat Cotello. Okay, welcome back, Miami Dolphins Legends Show. Pacatello, Rich Van Zandt coming at you, and we'll take you up until the uh, Monday night football game, which is Washington traveling to the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Which... <laughs> <laughs> well, need, needless to say, yeah, uh, we got. Uh... You can say I'm beaten, but they're not undefeated. It's a big difference. What's the difference? If you look up undefeated, because there's uh, you know, more the games to go. There's I understand that, but at this point, but at this point, they've yet right to be now. defeated. No, they're only unbeaten right now. Undefeated is different. That's that means you go, you went through a whole season undefeated. Unbeaten is, is the way is the right phrase right now. What is the definition of undefeated? I'm curious. The the real definition. Look that up. Haven't been haven't haven't been lost a game. No, I'm not asking for the rich definition of it. I'm asking for you to look you up the actual definition. I'm not, I'm not asking for you to make the point that you're trying to make by giving your own definition. I'm saying look it yeah. up. Yeah. You want to you ask it? That guy at Webster? Okay. Well, I, that's the official definition, whatever it is. You want me to look it up? I'm doing it. Relax. Yeah, I don't know if I trust you though. I think I think it's going to be an ad lib. I, I mean, not defeated, especially in a battle or other contest. The undefeated not defeated. Wait, say it again. This is not defeated, especially in a battle or other contest. The undefeated champion. Say it has to be champion. Yeah, that's a, that's probably the example of the word being used. Right? This is the definition of the word. Right, but the sentence that you said after that is what they give you as like a sample. Right? Nothing that you said in there would lead me to, to, to say that you have to finish anything. I think it just means you haven't suffered a defeat. That's what undefeated is, right? Right. Okay. Not defeated. Not having <laughs> suffered a defeat, an undefeated yeah. team player, not including any losses, defeats, an undefeated season, a team with an undefeated record. See, season. So you have to complete the thing to be undefeated. That's my thing. You're not undefeated until you complete the task. Again, though, I think you're. I think you're. I think you're giving those last. Yeah, I think you're giving those last two. Examples are examples of how to use that in a sentence, undefeated season. But I don't know that necessarily that can't be used there. I, I, listen, I, whatever, I'm not dying on this mountain. I'm just saying. I, I, I think 
technically I think you could use it. I'm hoping that this is going to be a non-entity after tonight. Open, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got it. You got it. No problem. Listen, uh, the big talk, the big talk around this uh, this league, and I know you your opinion on it. And uh, Jeff Saturday. Now, what I found out, um, and I think this is plainly obvious, Matt Ryan was a major part of this entire thing of Frank Reich getting fired. I told you I heard that he gave an impassioned speech after the firing. And uh, immediately after Ursay hired Saturday, he went and met with Matt Ryan and uh, uh, implemented him back. He became the starter again. And in Jeff Saturday's first game, Matt Ryan has a game-winning Matty Ice comeback to uh, bring Jeff Saturday's record to a perfect, undefeated 1-0. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, I, I saw, you know, you know, Sergeant Slaughter yesterday, you know, coward yeah. on TV, you know? Yeah. And, you know, he's going on and on like this is the worst thing in the history of coaching. I mean, the guy played in the league for, you yeah. know, over a dozen years as a starting yeah. center. For yeah. Super Bowl championship. It's not like yeah. they hired, like, like Joe the janitor from, like, a, a grammar school. I mean, like, right. you know, when you're a billionaire, I'm sorry. It's up to you who you hire. I'm sick of this, like... Like you gotta hire who like everybody else agrees with. It's up to you. You you know you cower. You want to hire somebody? Buy a team. You know I don't know how many guys have gone through like you know they gone through the the you know the you know they go to the college ranks. They go to the assistant ranks. How many of those guys fail? How many times they recycle coach uh, that has failed before? Numerous, right? So yes. what, what's the difference? You know. Well, it makes no sense. Well, for, it's like you got. It's like you got to go to boot camp before you can go to war. It doesn't make any right, sense right. to me. You know? That's okay. Stupid. Well, first off, the comment has legs. Let me just tell you that because it has been talked about now thoroughly uh, all the way up until you know every every pregame tonight and all that. I don't know if you've seen that, but so it's not a comment that's went by the wayside. Everybody is uh, chiming in on this, if you will. The man was crying yesterday almost. Well, I I think there's there's two ways of looking at it. Let Let me say that I think there is a large contingent of coaches, okay, and the way the coaching ranks work is that you basically, you commit your life to it, and you're usually in small schools working your way up, not getting paid a lot, moving your family around from state to state to state, hoping for a break to move up. It's a grind. It can be a very difficult life, especially for your family, and I guess there is a camaraderie in in a sense of working and and, and moving your way up and then getting promoted and stuff like that. And I know Coward did start that way um, uh, in somewhat of a fashion. He was an NFL player, and he got a job with uh, Marty Schottenheimer and then, you know, kind of moved his way up as far as the coaching. So it's not quite the same thing as starting at the high school level and then working your way up like like say uh like bruce arians or somebody like that who i know has had uh, a long string but that being said i understand how he feels that you know maybe there's guys that got passed over in that fashion but i also think that when you only go in that fashion of hiring coaches like that you maybe you're missing out on other people having that opportunity that didn't go in that traditional way to coach, well, right? I, I, I mean, I there's got to be some of that. How about how about how how Cower got his job broadcasting? What broadcasting experience did he have? He went right to a network. I I didn't see him working, you know, a Division One, uh, a Division One AA college game before he got that gig. Right? No, those certainly not. From, those guys from the field right on to there, and like yes. guys who went to school for that don't get a shot. So what's no. the difference there? Well, I th- you're absolutely right, and I think what it's come down to in the broadcasting field, it's almost like there's, there's two fields that come into it, right? They hire the ex-player, yeah. 
and then they hire the broadcaster. So you see like the Tony Romo, and then you have the Jim Nance, and then you have the Al Michaels with the Chris Collinsworth, and vice versa, on and on, all the way up but until, guys, you know, Troy Aikman the, and, and Joe Buck, dances, right? That's what the dances, yeah, the dances of the Michaels are becoming endangered species. Yes, you're absolutely right. And and what you can say on something like that is uh, it seems like they pick one of each. So if you if you take them and you go down to a lower level, then you have the Kevin Harlins, right? You have the Gumbles, and they're going to be yeah. accented by uh, the Archuletas, and, and then you're going to have uh, uh, maybe the Trent uh, Greens. And so it seems like there's one, 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 one. So that's how I think that they would offset that argument, is that, that the, the, the line comes from both sides, and they'll take one of each for every broadcast. Yeah. I think that's where Except that is. For, it's some of the, for most of the studio shows, it's all ex-athletes. Yeah, except for the head guy. Except for the head guy. So you're going to have, yeah. like, James Brown, or you'll have James Kurt right. Menefee, or yeah. Kurt Menefee. Right. You'll have the one guy, but you're right. You'll have one guy there, and then you'll usually have six guys, ex-athletes, all chiming in. So, yeah, it doesn't seem balanced. It seems like you have one guy there, and then, you know, you have Michael Vick. You have, you know, uh, um, although I guess you have Schefter, too. And now they, you know, they're adding some some others. There, there's uh, there's some women that are on those panels as well. Um, but you know, it does seem like you know they throw a lot more athletes on there. I mean, the Fox show, you, besides Minifee, and, and, and you got Jimmy Johnson, you got uh, Howie Long, Terry Bradshaw, Michael Strahan. You know, it doesn't seem like it's one broadcaster oh, for every man. athlete. It's insane. I know. But you know, but listen, he's, I didn't see him crying that he took somebody's job when he got that one. You know. No, but I think you know, like I said, I think that that's kind of how that goes. So you know, that they, maybe they, they, not. They be... act like Jeff Saturday though is like a, like a, like an unexperienced guy. Period. I mean, how much longer do you need to play in the NFL to be a coach? I mean, maybe he knows more about it than most coaches. Sure. You know. Sure. I mean, listen. I think that I think there's a lot of different ways for it. I mean. um, you know, there's guys that have worked their way up coach-wise. I understand that. But, you know, like you said, I mean, I think you're entitled to to have, you know, who you want. But, you know, let's not forget there's a big piece to this puzzle, Rich, that we're not talking about. And that's that it's an interim job. So now yeah. – if this was not an interim oh, wait, job no, – Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's go devil's advocate now. If they decide to keep him. Do they have to, like, go through the hiring process to keep them? From what I I have derived, and I could be off on this, and I know Damon has told me a little bit about it. I think it depends. I think if they were to sign him now to an extended contract before the season ends or during the season, maybe not. But if the season ends, I think they would have to do the entire process. The Rooney rule and all that stuff, I think, comes into play. So like say like say they went out for some crazy reason, right? They would still have to go through the hiring process. Like they couldn't just give him the job. They'd have to go through the motions, even though they they've decided they're gonna hire him because he won out. But they would still have to go through the Rooney rules and, and bring in other people to to the interview. My guess would be that it depends on the timing of it. I think there's a certain time frame where they can still extend the contract of who they have. But then when it ends, in, in a sense, free agency begins. If they don't have one, then I guess maybe you'd have to do that. When's the last interim coach that you could remember that was stayed on? I want to say what did the Apple do with Bruce Arians? That's what I want to say. I was thinking of that. I was thinking of that. But I I think Caldwell. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, yeah. Cavano came back. Yep. Yep. So I really cannot remember an interim guy that stayed on. No, because usually it's somebody from the staff. It's very yeah. unusual that you're taking a coach from outside the staff this time of year. It's very you know, unusual. It almost never happens. happens. 
So it's almost like they promote from inside. They pay them a little bit more money, and then they they go with the coaching search. Like they have yeah. no, they have no desire to keep this guy. Like we've done it. This is ex- balls. We've done it a bunch of times. Todd Bowles, yeah. Campbell. Todd Bowles, yeah. Yep. Yep. So. So um, yeah, I guess I guess they're hiring somebody intern and who we have no desire to give them the job, no matter what. And then uh, yeah, then they go through the process. But it seems I know, to me that Ursay wants to keep Saturday, doesn't it? Well, I think at like, this stage think it does, thing, but I think I, it's I, early. I, yeah, I, like you said, I think he, I think like if he does okay, if he, you know what I mean, if he shows anything, I think he stays. I don't think like he's he's looking to go outside again. You know, like I don't think he would bring him here and pull him away from ESPN to, for for a month and a half, for three months. You know what I mean? Doesn't seem that way. It seems. Yeah, to me I like think it's a trial basis for both of them, though. I don't yes. know if Jeff Saturday yes. wants you this long term either. I think it's well, a trial right now. I think they're both. You know. What? He must want. He must want it to be coming because he gave up that gig that he had. He is yes. a good gig. Yes, he wants it, but that doesn't mean he's going to want it on week eighteen. That's true. I think right now he does want it, but I think it's like a trial yeah. thing. I think he wants to see how it goes, and I think Ursi's going to see how it goes. And and if he enjoys it, then yeah, I think he he will want to stay on. And you know, Ursi, if it works out, certainly would want to keep him. But you know, I think there's a lot of factors that are going to play into that. There's a lot of football to be played. We'll see how it all plays out. I can think in baseball, interim guys, a lot of them that have stayed on. Football, I yeah, cannot I really think of any. I, I'm thinking in football, and I, I really, um, I'm having a hard time. I mean, even the Raiders guy, Basachi, like he did really well last year, and he still was let go in place of of, of Josh McDaniel. So I, I cannot think of one that has stayed on. There has has to be somebody out there, though. You know, we'll I'm be- sure there has to be. I just I. My, I, I've went through a lot of them, and I just yeah. don't remember them staying on after that. And you know, we're at the end here, but maybe next week we could think of one and find out more on this rule. But um, you know, I just, I, I, I can't come up with one that has stayed on. And I'm trying to figure out if they had to go through a, a whole process to, uh, to, to do it. And, and well, I, I don't I think. think, you know, I, think I, I, don't, I listen. My gut feeling is that he's going to keep them. And I don't think it's interim. I think it was interim just because of the rules of the league that he had to make it that way, that he wasn't going to go through the hiring process thing during the season. That That's my guess. You know? Well, what do you mean? Like, I think that Ursay didn't make him, like, didn't give him, like, a two, three-year deal because to go through the whole Rooney rule thing. And he, didn't, he wouldn't want to deal with that at this point. Well, I think the whole thing is you, you, you can't go through the Rooney rule right now. No, I mean, how how can you do it? You don't have time. You have a day. So I think he could have. I think he probably could have. But if you were gonna if you were gonna hire somebody not in term, right? And you say you were gonna hire them long term, they would expect you to do that, right? Again, I think it comes down to if you you do it before the season ends. I think if you do it while it's still concurrent. You might be able to do that without having to go through the whole process. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. But I think yeah. I don't think you're going to see that, uh, you know, for a little bit because even if he wants to keep him, I think they're both kind of feeling their way through this thing. So maybe yeah. week fourteen, fifteen, you'll see some of that. But uh, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll 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 keep notice of it. We'll keep an eye on it and see how it goes. And uh, just a reminder now, the Dolphins, uh, they'll have their bye week, and then uh, they'll stay at 7-3. and three. We'll stay in first place, and uh, then we got the Texans right after that. So this is a decent stretch for the Dolphins to continue what they're doing, Rich, and hopefully we'll uh, stay on top when we're back on the air. Got it, buddy. All right, Bell. We'll see you next week. Miami Dolphins Legend Show.
Took a look down a westbound road Right away I made my choice Headed out to my big two-wheeler I was tired of my own voice Took a beat on the northern plains And just rolled that power on Thank you. 